Hello and welcome to the Overly Animated Podcast, where we take animation seriously. We talk everything animation here, including Digimon, which we'll be getting into right now. I'm Andy Potter, and today I'm joined by Steve Zeck. Hello, everyone. We're going to be talking about the third season of Digimon, Digimon Tamers, today, which is personally my favorite season of Digimon. It's pretty dark. It's really interesting. But before that, you can find everything about this podcast at OverlyAnimated.com. You can subscribe to our iTunes at OverlyAnimated.com slash iTunes, where we appreciate your star ratings, or search at for Overly Animated on your favorite podcatcher. Also, we have a really great Discord where you can talk about everything, including anime, which includes this Digimon stuff. It's it's great. You can find more on our website, too. Anyways, so so Steve, we're going to be talking about possibly, I think, the best best season of Digimon here, and uh, it, it, it it's, it's a doozy. It's a, it's a really dark season. It's... It's um really weird, and uh, I want to get like what what's your general take on this on this season, Steve? Like what what do, what are your general thoughts going on into this? Oh, say well you say it's your favorite season. Well, for me, the thing about Digimon is, it's hard for me to say what's my favorite season. Easiest for me is to pick my least favorite season. Digimon Frontier is by far probably my is my least favorite, and everything else is so have elements that I really like. Um. Though I'm counting Adventures, Adventure Zero Two as one, so. But yeah, but Tamers is very good. It's very dark. You're right. Um, and it's also the most commercialized season. It's the most. It's the most Yu-Gi-Oh-like with the commercialism, since Digimon in this universe is you know a actual like game, a card game, and whatnot. And I think, and I think this first and second seasons, the Adventure One and Two, are like a TV show in this world. I think that's also part of it. No, that's only in the dub. That's only. And oh, that's diff- That's a difference from the dub. Yeah. Okay. So as far as I'm concerned, while I I love love the dub, you know, if it's just added in the dub, it's not canon to me. Okay. But- so before we go any further, I think I should mention I watched the dub. Steve watched the uh, the sub, and so that yeah. that that's where we're gonna have a little bit of differences. We'll talk about that a little bit. Yeah, I'll tell you. It'll be fine. I'll tell you one little difference. It's not that much differences. Just little. Just maybe little stuff like that. Yeah. Um. And like like changing like. Liquor to milkshakes in one episode, and just little minor stuff like that. Yeah. And of course, uh, characters' names. And and I do want to talk about the dub in terms of their casting, in terms of uh, you know how different you know dubbing, you know in, a, in the states are compared to the Japanese, you know voice casting in terms of how they have such a much more bigger talent pool to choose from. Opposed to the dubbing here in the states, at least especially back then, and how that sometimes affects the show, for me. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> we can definitely get into that stuff. Well, for me, this season is just really great. It talks. I think it's like like I mentioned before, it's really dark. And for me, that the center of that is Jerry, which I really want to get into later. But uh, oh, well, I got my thoughts on her too, especially uh, her and Leoman. I just oh uh, yeah, I have my own thesis on her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think a lot of people who've watched this this season of Digimon do. Uh, I really, I really like Jerry, but I also just really like how this season is kind of opposite of a lot of things you expect from this show. It really goes in different directions than you really are used to, and there's a lot more focus on the main characters being kids, which I like. So, um, before we get any more into this, I want to say that, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about non-spoilers, and I'll give a warning before we really get into the, the meat of the season that is the dark stuff. We're going to talk about the setting, the characters, and um, some of the major themes, and then we'll talk a lot about the stuff that I think you and I really want to talk about, Steve. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, okay. If that sounds good to you. So, yeah. um, uh, so 
this this show it's about three characters unlike adventure one and two which had a much wider cast we were focused on three characters here who are who yeah. are um who each have one digimon and they're uh entering these strange storms in japan that are um and they're which are uh kind of just popping up all over the place and they're being followed by this organization called hypnos which is trying to stop these digimon from entering kind of coincidentally parallel to the protagonists and they're kind of this weird shady organization run by this man named mitsuo which is who's voiced by the great steve bloom but uh it, it, it's 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 a very basic beginning, essentially. Like there there's not a lot of crazy stuff going on. It's just there's Digimon entering the real world. Our protagonists fight them, and there's a weird shady organization, and not much more going on than that. Do you, did, uh, did you have more to say about this, Steve? Not really. Can I just say something quickly about you mentioned the great Steve Bloom here? Um, yeah. For me, Digimon like like my first like one of my early experience to anime, and so a lot of these voice actors, a lot of these characters. When I hear them other stuff, I'm always going to think of, say, Digimon first. Like, for example, Melissa Fawn, no matter what character she does, when I hear her voice, first thing pops in my mind is Rika. You get what I mean? Yeah, no, I, I, I feel that completely. The thing that pops in my mind is Black War Greymon because, you know, you know, part, you know, part of my early experience at anime. Yeah. That, 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 it's, it's really true. Like, there, a lot of these characters are my childhood, a lot of these voice actors. And, um, like, like the, uh, the narr- one of the, one of the bad things about the dub is, is that the, uh, like the, the to be continued section is voiced oh, by that- the guy who does Davis. And I you do mean- not like that. Cause I just don't like Davis. It's like a knee jerk well, reaction. Well, yeah. Though I do sort of redeem himself in terms of, I don't like Davis, but I do like Rock Lee. But, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, but, but, can I mention that? You get a point, you just go into the point I wanted to make here. Yeah. Like, Talking about the talent pool and stuff. It's just that um, in Tamers, they relooch a lot of the old like adventure actors, and the thing Japan like Japan has the advantage of they have a much wider talent pool, so they yeah. don't have to reuse people all the time. But it can be distracting here. Like Henry's dad is pretty much I just hear Oikawa's voice. I said Oikawa, yeah. and like with Renamon, I hear that Are you Kenimon? And you know it can be a little distracting. It can. Yeah, but uh, I I think it mostly succeeds at not doing that. I wasn't that distracted during my rewatch, but it did. I do agree that there were definitely some scenes where it was very distracting, and because I was just like, that's not that's not the person I'm hearing. That's like whoever other actor, like you were saying, and um, it it, it can be it can be it can throw you off. But I think on the whole, the dub is successful at being a dub, and it's not doesn't have any glaring errors none of the actors are bad it's just that they're oh. reused like you said yeah the, the one song part about Digimon dub is definitely the acting um and the writing too though like I said though they do have, I do have a little pet peeve with these puns they always add on but <laughs> see, um, see that's the difference between you and me Steve I love the puns I love the puns well well well, well after well just compared to for me who has watched a lot of the Japanese versions, how how things just flow much more naturally to me. Yeah. I kinda of prefer that. Um But yeah, the dub is great, especially comp- back in its time. And you compare it to say uh the four kids one piece dub. Now that oh, dub was yeah. terrible. Yeah. It, it, it's 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 very different. And like like you said, this is a really old show. For for not really old, but I mean like it's an older show. It's from 2001, and that's pretty old in terms of dubbing. Yeah, and that was a 
that's such a tumultuous time because back then I'm I'm sure they had censored a lot of stuff that might have been references to like like 9/11 or something. It, so it was a very crazy time back then. The crazy thing is they didn't censor the biggest 9/11 reference, which was the Tiger Deva showed up between two um two two like skyscrapers, and there was a fight between two skyscrapers in this show. Well, this might have been like I said, this was done around when it debuted. The dub debuted pretty much fall of 2001. Yes, which is right in the heart of it. So they might have got got all this in the can before then. Yeah, that, they just didn't want to bother censoring it. Specifically, that episode I'm mentioning aired October 20th, 2001. So it was like a month after 9/11. So it was right after. Anyways, I don't want to get into like that. That that's not stuff I really want to get into. But it's interesting. It's interesting what didn't get censored. Mm-hmm. Um. But uh, anyways, let's get into the characters here, because I think the characters of this show are really good, and I think they're the best. I, they're they're the characters I think are the most fleshed out of a lot of the Digimon shows. Just not because I think they put a lot more work in; it's just that there's fewer of them, so they can they can mm-hmm. emphasize these characters a lot more. And uh, those the, the three main um, Digidestined or in this show they're called Tamers are Takato, Rika, and Henry. Mm-hmm. And uh, Takato is the Thai character. He's the guy with the goggles. He's mm-hmm. the quote-unquote leader, but he's not really the leader oh. in this show. Yeah. He, um, yeah. You know what it separates Takato from a lot of the normal Digimon leads? Is he's not really sure of himself. He's not kind of a... Uh, most leaders we've had before, like like Ty and especially Davis, and, you know, and afterwards, they've sort of had a bit more sure of themselves. Like, they're like, Go head first into battle, like they think they yeah. know everything. Especially a uh, character in Savers, the guy Marcus. Uh, he's the he's the most textbook example of just just a guy just going in over his head. Well, Takato's more grounded. Yeah, I no, like he, he is, and and also it kind of comes from the, the whole setting of the show because Takato isn't really in a position where he wants to fight everything. He got Guillaumon because he just wanted a friend. Like this is just. Takato kind of is thrust into this world where he has to fight other people, and he does not really just hop onto that train right away. None of these characters really do, even though... And, re- Go ahead. And really, in this show, really, in this one of the rare shows, that I don't really think Takato has a, like, rival. Like, normally one of the staples of, of, of Digimon, besides the goggles, is, like, you have the other guy who's sort of the rival, like the yeah. Matt of the show... And I guess you could say Rika kind of comes close, but I never really got that vibe from her. I, I mean, she never, like, went, like, you know, completely rogue and wanted to, like, yeah. challenge him for something or, you know, or or just went evil. Like, like I guess Cormac did when he was listening to that little tree Digimon in that one time. Um, or Thomas in Savers. Yeah, like, I think Rika was kind of the rival for maybe, like, two episodes. But very quickly, they t- they're not on the same side, but they're not rivals for sure i think that also has to do with the kyle's personality that yeah he doesn't really attract rivals he's not like like arrogant or anything to to get those type of characters you know to be to rival him yeah and i think and i think that's kind of a strength of this show i think it it it, because that could be done very poorly but this show does it really well where takato is really just not looking to fight people he's doing this stuff because he sees this is the best path to take but he doesn't want to be doing it, which is a very nice change from Davis and Ty. And I, I really like it. Mm-hmm. I agree. Definitely. And uh, then our next character the is Rika, who is, I think, the weakest of the three main. She, At least in the dub, she is. She's really? 
before she got Renamon, her Digimon, she was the like a, a Digimon trading card game, nearly a champion, essentially. Like, she lost in the finals of a Digimon trading card championship. And um, she she's just kind of striving to be the best, and that's really all she has for a lot of the beginning episodes. She gets better past, like, episode 20 or so. But in the at the beginning, she's kind of just kind of one note for a little bit. Do you oh, agree with yeah. that? I don't know. Like, I see your points, but to me, I... I kind of screwed a weak point. I kind of thought, like, before Henry's sort of more of a weak character than Rika to me. I, I guess that's just our taste. It um, probably is. Yeah, I, I think just in, more interesting. She had more, more, uh, more, like, stuff to develop in terms of, like, her, like, her family relationships and stuff that interests me. And, and really, um, I just, I just, liked, um, I thought she had potential. Like, uh, I always thought it would be, uh, Story that if uh, they wanted to, she could have been sort of gone that dark road of maybe being like, like being the Ken Ichi Jojo of this series, be like the Digimon Empress if they wanted to. Or yeah, I think but, she, I think she almost went down that path. Like I think the writing almost went that way, but it it it, it turned away from that pretty quickly. Um, uh, yeah, I, I actually do love this funny little joke. Um, one of the early episodes, I think I don't know episode six, seven. Um. Oh, when Takato made a mistake, she called her Rikia-chan, and then she went kind of ballistic. She just chased, and she let Takato left her house, and then she chased, went right after him and said, if you call me Chan one more time, I'm going to kick your butt or something. I don't <laughs> remember the exact scene you're talking about because it, it didn't translate no, well. It, I know, it didn't, but, it didn't translate. Well, I remember it translated in the dub. In the dub, it was Takato called her, you know, jokingly her dream girl. and Oh, that's really up. different. Yeah. Well, because, like I said, you got Japanese horrifics that just really don't yeah. translate well. Uh, um, you have, speaking of that, um, when we get past spoilers, I do want to ask you a question about the dub about something. Oh, yeah, sure. With Japanese hor- horror, you know, but, yeah. Anyways, but Rika, Rika, like, despite me saying that I think she's the weakest of the three, I still think she has a lot more depth than a lot of other tamers yeah. and other, or, or digits yeah. in another season. That's, she, yeah, that's why, yeah, that's why I like her. She, she has a lot of depth, and I really do like, and I'm gonna get into this after we talk about these three, but I really do like her relationship with her mom. It feels really real. It feels really, um, mm-hmm. multi, multifaceted. Like, I really feel that this is a child not sure how to, like, who's growing up and interacting with her mom and wanting to not be her mom, but also realizing that she still loves her mom. And it's, it's a really, it's a really fun inter- or nice, relationship to see on the screen because it it's not one we usually see in this way and i like it a lot but um and then last we have henry who is kind of the sort like all these all these characters kind of fit into the weird original digidestined shells like Takato's kind of tie but he's not rika is kind of sora but she's not and but and henry's kind of matt but he's not he's this kind of pacifist guy who has a Digimon for reasons that we'll get into when we get into plot spoilers. And Henry, I, I find him in the beginning of the series to be most compelling in the first few episodes because he just, where Takato doesn't fight because he just doesn't have a reason to, Henry like specifically avoids fighting whenever possible because well, he just, I, go ahead. So I'll just screw what you say, your comparison. And what I think Rika's more... She's kind of a combo of Sora and Matt, and Henry made me sort of a combo of of Izzy and Joe, in my opinion. But I I can see that. Yeah, I I guess I was being a little more 
reductive, but yeah, I, I think those are better comparisons. But yeah, it's I the, specifically I'm thinking of the uh, Henry when um Terrymon first digivolves and uh, is shooting up that parking garage, and then he gets really upset about it. Like, that's something that doesn't really happen in another Digimon series, where they get upset that their Digimon digivolved. And uh, it, it, I liked that. I liked that in the beginning parts of this season. Mm-hmm. Did, did you like that? Uh, it's fine. I, I'm, Henry, in terms of yeah, him being very passive, I, that's, I, that's what I like, though. I think he's sort of a good, sort of a good counterbalance to... Rika, who's sort of, she's like too gun-ho in terms of fighting. So I think those two parts really, really complement each other well. And Takato, I guess he's also a little passive too, but he's sort of, he's still new to this thing. And you kind of have these two like perspectives, two different sides of this coin together. I, I, I like that. I really like that. That's why this season is really one of my favorites. But I think that also all three of them are kind of mirrors of each other because also Takato is also about like no structure and Henry's about structure and mm-hmm. Rika's about fighting to get stronger and 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 uh, Takato's about just having fun and doing things that make him happy and Guillemon happy. Like Rika has no care for Renamon and all of them are kind of just mirrors of each other and it's really good at the beginning. Like you feel how they're – like. In, it, it makes sense how they don't just come together to be a team right away. It was, it, I think that was really well done at the beginning of this season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, um, yeah, and, and so now that we've talked, kind of like just mentioned these three, I really want to talk about how these are probably the most children, children on, on like this kind of show. Like, they're actually acting like children. They have, a, they, they're not fully formed adults yet, and they make opinions based on emotions they don't really control. And I like that a lot. Like, there are scenes where Rika gets upset about her mom, and she's, like, Rika's not even sure why she's upset, but she's upset at her mom. And it's very evocative of feelings that I had when I was a teenager, when I was a younger child. Like, it's just things that happen when you're a kid. You you just have weird feelings about your parents, about your friends, about your family. Like, it's, 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 I, I really like that about this show. It really does well doing that, and that and that pays off in spades in the end of this show, in the end of the uh, season. I think what also helps is the fact that this show right now at the beginning is completely set in the real world. There's no digital yeah. world. Even adventures when it mostly took place in the real world, they still went into the digital world and came back. Yeah. This is totally different. So that's how you kind of get to see a little more relatable to these characters because they're in like a more realistic world. Yeah, and I think this does the uh, – because Try – Digimon Try is trying to talk about how Digimon deal – like, they damage the real world. This show does a lot better at tackling that idea that Digimon are hurting people, that they're damaging, like, buildings and doing property damage. Like, it, this, this show does a lot more to talk about that in just the fact that the show is rooted in the real world. I like it a lot. Yeah, well, speaking of which, like, I, I'm hoping, though – once they're once Tri wrap, wraps up, that Tamers gets his own like sort of sequel type of movie series too. I mean, why not? I I just I would love to see more Tamers. Like this is I'd really like that. I don't know what they would do, but I would like to see it. I didn't know yeah. what they were gonna do with Try, and I'm satisfied with what they're doing well, so far. Tamers sequel would be cool. Would be awesome. Um, though the series I most like think has most potential for a series I really wanted to see is a Saber sequel because. The, I don't know. You saw the ending of that. That really was sequel baiting, and I kind of want to see more of that. But I think that's another story. I think I saw it, but I don't remember Savers. It was a long time ago. Anyways, <laughs> yeah. Um, 
<laughs> I, I I don't I I'll be honest and say I don't remember a lot of savers. I kind of just well, watched well, them in the background. Yeah, well, I'll talk more about my useful saver sequel on the Discord. When yeah. We're done here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we don't we don't need to spoil that here. Um, yeah. <laughs> so um. Anyways, so yeah, did you want to talk about anything about Takato, Rika, and Henry before we move on to some side characters? Oh, let's see. Uh, not really. I think we got them. Um, are we gonna like talk about their Digimon partners, um, or we Do you want just... to talk about that? We can talk about that now if you want. Yeah, yeah, let's just, um, I think you already, we already covered Renamon in a way, um. Yeah, Rika and Renamon are probably the most linked. Yeah. Like, they're yeah. the ones that you can't really separate when talking about them. Yeah. And, um, and Terrymon, I guess, is a good kind of balance to Henry in terms of, he is also, like, sort of, he's very playful, and that sort of goes against Henry's nature. And while Takato, and while, um, Takato and, um... Giyomon. Oh, Giyomon, yeah. It was, it does he have a different name in Japanese? Yeah. No, no, no. I just started just... Oh, okay. I'm just... Uh, so many names on this show. <laughs> no, there but are a yeah. lot of names. Don't worry. Well, well, he... Well, he, he's definitely the most, um... Like, most big kid like Digimon. He reminds me a lot of, uh... I know you've heard the classic story of Mice and Men. He's the most like that, uh... That big guy character. I don't know the name. I'm sorry. Uh, I know there's George and there's oh Lenny. Lenny. He's most like Lenny from Mice and Men in terms of how he's so big but he's so nice and but he sometimes accidentally causes destruction. Yeah, and and that and that continues as he digivolves and like even when he's like Growlmon and War Growlmon, he still is just kind of like a big kid. And it uh, it's definitely an interesting um, it's definitely different than other Digimon we've seen. Also, mm-hmm. he in in the dub he's voiced by Steve Bloom, which is a really weird casting because it's just he does not do his normal voice at all for for Giyomon. It it it's just really I I was shocked to find out it was Steve Bloom actually. Mm, yeah, yeah, that's that's interesting. I'm also shocked though Utakado's voice actor um Brian Beacock Beacock yeah um because I, I know he's the he's the guy that does. Yumichika in Bleach and which one's Yumichika? Like I'm bad at the name. He's a very effeminate guy. The uh, no, no, I've watched the show. I've, I've read the Squad Eleven, a fifth seat member, very effeminate person who has very like a. What I remember them by. I remember, I remember them by their swords. Which sword did he have? Or what sword he has? Did he have the one um, that like doubled the weight of things? No, no, he has a. Like I said, he's the very vanity. Um, he's a he was dark haired and he was he was you always see him around with the bald guy. The power of the bald dude. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, I know exactly who you're talking about now. Yeah, no, I gotcha. I got you. Anyway, yeah. anyways. Yeah, anyway. He he voices Takato. You were saying. Yeah. Yes, yes. I'm just. They don't sound anything alike no, at all. So they don't. I get credit to these actors. These voice actors do a very good job in terms of, I don't distinguishing their changing their voices. Yeah, they're really good at that. And uh, yeah. So that's all you want to talk about, just their Digimon? Yeah, really, yeah, we can move on. Okay. I don't think there's a lot to talk about with, like, with them before we really get into the plot, which we're going to get into. And then we have the side characters here, which I think there's a couple here that are just incredible in this show. And mm-hmm. uh, we'll, we'll we'll touch on Jerry here, but we'll we'll talk about her more when we get into, like, the yeah. weird plot at the end of the show. Spoilers. Oh, yeah, I got some thoughts on her. her... Yeah, yeah. Just I'm just going to be quick on Jerry, just to say, the beginning of this show... Ta- frames her as a love interest for Takato, 
and it's kind of and, it, and it's reciprocated. Like it's it's kind of shown to be kind of a will they won't they thing for the first maybe like twenty yeah. episodes or so, and that is quickly it, or that is not really done that way, and and I appreciate that. But um, I I, I yeah. she, she she's pretty much just shown as just a love interest for the beginning of the show, which is not what she turns out to be. Well, my first person at Jerry is that from the beginning I knew she definitely has some issues. Yeah. Cause when we first saw her with that sock poppet, I'm like, what is it with this girl? Yeah. I mean, what's with her? I'm like, okay, she probably has some problems, but you know, I, I guess, she, but you know, then, you know, she's cool. Um, nothing wrong with that. Um, I like her. Um, she's very likable and she's very sweet and she's, but she's not, Mar- not too Mary Shoeist either. That's why I like about her too. She's not perfect. Yeah, she's definitely not perfect. She's just kind of a weird kid that catches up with uh, Takato in detention and stuff sometimes. Mm-hmm. And uh, oh, I guess I should mention, because Steve mentioned it, she she walks around with like the sock puppet and talks through it sometimes, which is one of the creepiest callbacks ever later in this show. Oh, yeah. Oh, and you mentioned detention. Oh, once again, the most weirdest little thing in terms of trying to try distracting thing is is Kari is the voice of the yes, teacher. Yes. I'm like, damn, that is just so, that's so, that's the most distracting of all, like, when, bring back voice cast actors. When I was invent- a kid, I thought this was, like, a distant time skip from Adventure. Me too! Because, 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 because her voice is literally just Kari's voice. Yeah, like, that would be, a, that'd be interesting, especially if you saw the end of Adventure Zero 2. Yeah, like, it makes her, sense. Was it become a teacher? Yeah! It makes sense. That's what's so confusing. You're like, wait, is this Kari? Because they never say her name, I don't think. Like, or they might, but it's like, they only ever say her last name, which is difficult to tell with with women, if because yeah. she it sounds like she's married in this in this show. Of course, of course. Uh, well, she I don't know if she is or not. Oh, if she is. Some some teacher has some explaining to because there's just four eyes. This teacher with glasses that's always sort of hitting on her. Oh yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. So, I don't know. Um, but yeah, but yeah, but of course in Japanese though, different voice actors from Kari, so obviously that wasn't the case. It's just a dub act, just a dub really. You know, just you reusing their voice actors because you know the guys very small, small talent pool. They don't have many voice actors to choose from. So no, they don't. You know, yeah, I'm but just... it, yeah, but but the whole the whole classroom stuff like is really interesting. <laughs> There's some fun characters in there, like uh, Kazu and uh, his other. What's the other friend's name? I'm Kenta. Uh, I think it's Kenta. Uh, Kazu Maybe Kenta. Think... Kenta. Kenta. Yeah. You, you were close. Um, Kazu and Kenta. They, they're they're like the friends with a. Uh, they're the, they're like they're the friends that play the card game with Takato through the show. And, uh, uh, are we gonna? I, I don't know, and I'm hopefully when we get to spoilers, we can talk about their spotlight episode just a quick yeah. bit. No, no, yeah, <laughs> we can definitely talk about that. But they're they're interesting. They're really, really just the comedic relief of this show a lot of the times. And mm-hmm. I think it's okay. They're I I kind of wish they did a little bit more with them through the show, but I'm okay with them not doing too much with them. And, and you know, um, Kenta's voice by again Steve Bloom. Oh, I mean, how many I didn't characters even notice he that. voice on this show? He voices yeah. three characters on the show, and possibly like more side characters, like like minor characters. That's crazy. Yeah, I'm, I'm like, I mean, Jesus, so many characters for this poor the crazy, guy. Um, the crazy part is, I just watched this show over again, or at least I skipped through it and like caught up on stuff. Like, I didn't notice watching the show again as an adult that they were the same voice actor, which is pretty impressive. And if I just just say very quickly, um, I'm pretty sure he's also um the voice of the uh, evolved version of Empmon. Um, Beelzemon. 
Yeah. Is he? I can I can look that up really quick. I'm not sure. I think someone said it is. Someone on the Discord did say that. So that's that's insane. Why is why did Steve Bloom do so many voices on this show? Like I I have like a vague memory of Steve Bloom being really involved in the dubbing of this show, but I couldn't find anything. Might, on maybe that. he might have been like like one of the like the writers and yeah, like, I I remember something. They like director, you know, one of those behind the scenes stuff too. Yeah, you know, I remember you know, voice casting. Yeah, I I remember that, but I couldn't find any articles on it, so I didn't. I so I'm just saying that with a grain of salt. Like I thought I remembered that being a thing, but I don't. I wasn't sure. I'm looking. No, it turns. No, he's voiced by Derek Stephen Prince in a uh, in English version. Well, no, that's Impmon. I'm pretty sure. Oh, so he does Impmon. He does it, the evolved version too. He does. He, according to the Digimon Wiki, he voices Beelzemon as well. Okay. Oh, well, good job by him. Yeah. No, it's really good. Yeah. Well, good old Shino. He knows how to do his work now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, speaking, but now, since we're on Impmon, might as well talk about it. Impmon is a, is a pretty interesting character, because he's, doesn't, he's, he's just kind of there to cause trouble at the beginning of the season, and he's a pretty fun side character. I like his comedic stuff at the beginning a lot more than I like yeah. Kazu and Kenta's stuff. Yeah, and I'm, I'm sorry, like I said, I'm sorry again, I'm just saying, distracting, when I first saw him because of the voice actors, he just reminded me so much of Demi Devimon. Yes. My own special sidekick because it, like it's, it's same like voice, same like I don't say it's just same voice actor, the same voice and same type of little, same type of character arc, like character type. Except Entmon's not like a, a henchman to the villain, but still. Well, actually, at this point, like when I see Adventure One now and I hear Devi Devimon, is that his name? Devi. Demi Devimon. Demi Devimon. Thank you, De- Demi Devimon. When I when I hear. Demi Devimon's voice, I think he's Impmon now. Like well, that, because Impmon is just the more impressive character than me. Different. Well, I feel different because I saw Adventures first, so I it's did just too. Art, yeah, so. I don't know. And also, that Myotismon arc is like one of my favorite arc of Adventures, and Myotismon is probably my all time favorite villain, so anything else. Oh, we're going gonna to argue about that. I think we're going to argue about that a little later. <laughs> well, you, well, I'm not sure the show really had much of a villain with a okay. personnel, but whatever. We'll get to that well, later. Yeah, we, we didn't really. That, I. I thought that I, was the weak point of Tamers. Yeah, let's, let's, let's talk about the last major side character, and then we can get into spoilers, okay? Because I think we're itching we're itching to get into it. Because the last character I really want to talk about before we get into it is uh, Mitsuo, who is the uh, guy who runs Hypnos, who is also, who is also yep. voiced by Steve Bloom. Just so Again? Can... <laughs> oh, God, poor guy! <laughs> but he also just uses Steve Bloom's normal talking voice. He uses his spike voice for this character. So it's not like a crazy voice like Yuman is. But, you want to um, bet all these characters he voiced in a Japanese voice by all different no, actors. No, I looked. I looked just now. They're all voiced by different people. Yeah, oh man. You see, I, what I'm saying, in terms of how different the world is back then with the American dub companies and yeah. the Japanese cartoon makers. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, in his, in his, in his defense, he did voice them differently. Like, he did do yeah. well doing this. Yeah, yeah. I'm not, no, I'm not taking anything away from him. He does a great yeah. job. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah, and and so he runs he runs Hypnos, and he's kind of framed as a villain for the first few episodes of this show. Like you're not sure what his goals are, and he actually even tries to run a program that destroys all Digimon. I think it was called Juggernaut in the mm-hmm. dub, where he tries to kill all Digimon. And that's not really a spoiler. That's just like a campy I'm a villain type plot. You know what I mean? 
and or not even like a villain type plot. Like he was just trying to help. He was just he had different motives than other people, and he thought that destroying Digimon was was better, and it was worth killing these three kids Digimon to protect the real world. And um, yeah, so that that's kind of what Hypnos was doing. They were just kind of just doing some weird stuff in the background for a while. But uh, I think we should get into the bulk of this season, Steve. Because I think we've just been kind of jumping around from it, like kind of like okay. circling around it. And okay. the bulk of this season is that after after they all get to their ultimate forms, they all evolve to ultimate, we go to the digital world. And we start doing some really interesting stuff with our characters. We, um, we see that Mitsuo, who I just talked about, it turns out to be a guy who's just trying to protect the world. Like, he's just, he legitimately just wants to keep the world safe. And he thinks that killing all the Digimon is the right thing to do. And we get into these theme, and we get into this idea of, do Digimon count as sentient beings that are worth not killing? Like, it gets into, like, the Jurassic Park discussion. And, and I do like, though, how it seems like one of the earlier antagonists, the uh, Devas, in terms of, they sort of mirror his sort of motivation. That yes. They're just trying to protect the digital world from the humans and, Definitely. you know. And, and there's a lot of that. There's, there's no, like you were talking about, there's no. It's, it's very X-Men like. Yes. The villain is very not, there, there's really not a villain. There are antagonists in this show, but there See? aren't, I, I guess, I guess I, you can say that there aren't really villains in this show, but we'll, we'll talk about the last villain in a sec. But, um, anyways, they go to the digital world. They, they continue fighting the Devas or going through the Devas to reach the Digimon Sovereign. And, um, along the way, we get to probably may, maybe the most sad moment at all of Digimon, which is Leomon dying in this oh, show. Yeah. Oh yeah, I got my thoughts on that. And yeah, and I, 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 do you want to talk about that now, or do you want to like? I just want to talk about. Can I just want to talk about Jerry's like relationship with Leomon and yeah, why I thought why I thought she gravitated to him. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, in the episode she introduced, she called call him Leomon Saman. Um, in the English dub, what was that translated to? Because I, I think. Was it Mr. Leoman or Sir Leoman? Yeah, something like that. Like, it was more of a knightly, like, um, protection thing. Like, he, he, Leoman viewed himself as, like, a knight that was protecting Jerry, and it was kind well, of, they used language like that when talking. Well, yeah, in the introduction episode, it was sort of, looked like maybe she had a crush on Leoman, but I have a different interpretation. The dog definitely didn't do that. Oh, okay. Well, what I had interpreted was, Leoman was, to her, was sort of maybe, the father figure she was always looking for, because as we meet Jerry's father later on, he's such a cold, cold, distant person for most of the series yes. until towards the end. He's pretty much like the Gabriel Gliss of the series, pretty much. I compare him. So I <laughs> that, think that's that a comparison. Was, yeah, that was what Jerry was sort of looking for. like. Leoman was sort of like maybe this this parental figure, this 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 kind parental figure that she kind of lost maybe a long time ago when her mom died. And her dad was just, is just a very distant, cold person. Yeah, and I think that's a good analysis of Leomon here. Leomon is really filling a place in Jerry's heart in this, in yeah. these, in these, in the time in the digital world. Like, Leomon is helping her heal because part of Jerry's story is that her mom dies, died, and mm -hmm. she now has a stepmother, and she's not really capable of dealing with it, which gets back into my talk about how these are actually kids. Like, Jerry, like, an adult could find a way to deal with this. Like, they could find a way to deal with this trauma and grief. But Jerry is, I think, 10 years old in this show. Is that correct? 
Mm, I don't know. Maybe maybe ten, eleven. Uh, I'll check. No, later. no, no. Like no younger than thirteen. I believe. Yeah, no, no. She she's fairly. All all the kids are fairly young. I'll, I'll look at Takato's age because they're the same age. Takato is not listed here. That's cool. I they're, they're in middle school. That's all I know for sure. They're like in middle school. Well, actually, elementary school because in Japan, middle school when you start wearing school uniforms. So, oh, wow. probably so even younger like, than that. But I don't in, know what the year dub, you I start middle school. In the dub, I think they're a little bit older. Because I know for a fact Rika is aged up three years. So I assume they all are aged up three years in, yeah. the, in the dub. So, Anyways, oh, the point is yeah. that she's young. And mm-hmm. she's not she's not developed enough mentally. Like, she's just not an adult. She's not built to deal with this grief. And so she just kind of offloads it onto Leoman. And when he dies, it all just kind of... The dam that she's built now has just, just breaks and crumbles. And it's just horrible to watch. Like it's, what? Like her, it's like her mom died all over again. Yeah, exactly. And watching her just kind of... That that Digivice that has static on it, like, haunts my dreams sometimes. Like, I, she holds that thing through the rest of the show. And it is so depressing watching her hold it and just hope that it stops showing static. It is so depressing. Mm, yeah. Yeah, and this and at the time, this is like only the second Leo Mom we've met, so he yes. did not ha- yet have that have that reputation of always dying. So was he it not, was, was, was Leo Mom not in Adventure O two? Well, if he was, maybe he did come back, but that's yeah, he did. He did get resurrected, but that's like I said, Adventure Zero Two. That's the same Leo Mom. Yeah, know? yeah. It's not. I'm saying it's just new can. It's new Leo Mom. Yeah, yeah, new yeah. And two. And, you know, so it's just sort of a new thing. It wasn't kind of a regular thing, a tradition of Leo Man dying, so it wasn't pre- that predictable yet at the time. Yeah, he wasn't in, he was in, he was only like a cameo in Adventure 2. He didn't have anything that happened like that. So yeah, this is before we had the trend of all Leo Man must die for some reason. But, um, it's, it's really sad. And we haven't even touched on how he died, which is Imp Man was on like a quest for power and became literally a devil, Beelzemon, and uh, yeah. killed Leomon by stabbing yeah. him. So I just can't remember correctly, though. It, it, so I think Leomon was taking a blow for someone. I think Beelzemon was going for someone else. I think it was, uh, um, I think it was Takato's Digimon. I think you're right. He was going for somebody. I can look it, it up really. Because I remember Leomon, yeah, jumping in front of someone. That's why I remember him dying, because... He took, he got, he saved someone. That's what I remember. But hmm, could be wrong. I don't remember. Of course, yes, he died. Oh, right? he was he was going to kill Graumon. Yeah, Graumon. Yeah, that's yes. why I remember. Yeah. Yes, you are, or one of them. Doesn't matter. He he defeated all the other people. Leomon stepped in to help, and he got killed for it, which is really depressing. Yeah, That's and then yeah, and then what happens later on with Kado definitely reminds me of something that happened oh, with Ty in Adventures in terms no, of this is on the, evolution. This is the better version of Skull Greymon. This yeah. is what Skull Greymon should have been. Not like putting yourself in danger. This is just pure anger and hate turning Gilmon yeah. into this monster. And it was the yeah, situation is more relatable. Like, it is angry. Well, Ty is just an arrogant little, you know. Yeah. At the time. <laughs> Using language we can't use here, but, um, or, or not to use language we can't use here, but, um, <laughs> but Takato's reaction is just so childish, and we all feel it. We've all felt that way as a kid. We've all felt the way, like, why can't me being angry fix this? 
Why can't me just being angry enough at what just happened fix this horrible thing that just happened to me? Like, it's so relatable and it's so depressing to watch mm-hmm. it happen. And and Jerry's just sitting there crying in the background. Mm-hmm. And then it just gets even worse because then Takato becomes the hero. He becomes Gallantmon with Giyomon. And even then, it's not a heroic moment when he goes to kill Beelzemon. It's still depressing. It's not great. And Jerry still stops him. Jerry stop, saves Beelzemon. Jerry keeps him from being killed. And it's just like... Jerry, it's, Jerry is just so interesting and so complex, but so is Takato and all these other heroes here at the same time. And it's, it's hard to watch this scene. This scene is really hard to watch. Yeah, it was, uh, and I could make the press, you know, it was at the hands of someone who was sort of someone we got to know, like, sort of like a protagonist. If it was just a straight out villain that did it, it might have been yeah. more easy to deal with. Impmon, through the show, was kind of played off as this silly antagonist that would be turned into a good guy. He does get turned into a good guy, but he kills somebody, legitimately kills somebody before he gets turned. It's not... It's definitely... It's kind of an Empire Strikes Back moment. Like, this is not a win for the good guys. And even, like, earlier on, even when you sort of was a kind of antagonist, still the way the narrative was, you're still supposed to care about him. Yeah. So it's not... Like I said, it's not just like... It's not like... uh, like Gramyotismon kills like Punkmon and Gachumon, you know. No, this is this is a person who wants to be liked. Impmon the to be honest, what he wants more than anything is to be liked and wanted and he's going about it in this really and this, bad way. This for me probably it, it does rival like it's right up there with Punk Punkmon and Gachumon's death in terms of Leomon's death here. I mean they're they're like one in one A in terms of my saddest like moment of Digimon for me when I'm I, always like in tears. I, I think this is worse. I think this is worse just because of everything around it. It's supported by the rest of the show a yeah, lot better. I, I know, I know. I know Leomon's more important character, those with side characters, but, well, like I said, I saw Adventures No, versus- I know, I get you. I understand what you're saying. That is a very sad moment. It's just, I think this is a sad moment that's surrounded by a lot of sad stuff that builds up to it. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, it's it's really... It's it, it's tough, and Beelzemon is a tough character to. It's it, it Beelzemon's a tough tough character whenever he's on screen. Also to mention, they got shotguns into the American dub of this, which is very surprising. Beelzemon's just riding around on a motorcycle, shooting things with a shotgun, which is something I would not expect to happen in yeah. in in a dub nowadays. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I really didn't expect that either. I, when I was watching rewatching this earlier, I was going to ask you, um, did they edit that? Um, because I, I was curious I how they keep that in. When he shoots in the dub, it's just like red stuff. Is that how it is in the Japanese version? Oh, I, just, oh, I don't think it's red stuff. It's uh, it's actual like bullets. Bullets. Yeah. yeah. No, in, in in the dub, it's a lot more like he shoots it and like red energy comes out or stuff like that, or just like flashes to red when it's in like because there is a shot where the gun is like facing the camera and it just goes to red so like i think they edited it that way but he still is carrying shotguns like there's no way to like change that you know what i mean he still has a shotgun well um, well, well kids might have tried i mean it might turn into a lollipop but <laughs> yeah who knows <laughs> we're not one piece here we can't do that <laughs> um anyways um yeah <laughs> Anyways, 
So, so after all this stuff happens, after we talk about, um, after Leomon dies, we get into a plot about the digital world being destroyed, right? Mm-hmm. And it's being, it's being kind of eaten. Is that the way to put it? Like it's being eaten by the D Reaper or deleted? Something of yeah, that. Deleted. Like, that's a better word. Deleted. deleted. That's a more accurate word because it's a computer program. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's something of that nature. I don't think the complete nature of the D Reaper is ever really explicitly like explained. Like we have explanations for it, but it's never like we're for sure what it's doing. Um, because it's like a weird alien consciousness thing. But um, for the, for the most, for all intents and purposes, though, it's eating the digital world and it starts eating the real world. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is where the show goes from really fun and cool and kind of sad to just possibly one of my favorite things that, that Digimon has ever done, which is the D Reaper, for whatever reason, for whatever reason, Steve, I don't, don't ask me why this works this way, but the D Reaper is powered by strong emotions. Hmm. I, I don't know, that. That makes no sense, but it's a common trope. Yeah, you know. Cartoons, like, so yeah. Let's suspend our disbelief here, Steve, and just accept that it gets powered off strong emotions, okay? Let's accept yeah. that. But, um, that, that's a yeah. thing. And who well, personally, else? Uh, yeah, I think though the similar plot lines are done in Savers, and I thought they did that a little better, but that's just yeah. my opinion. I, I think the D Reaper's mechanism is poorly done, but I think it's the reason it's done and the, and the character reaction to all of it is very well done because it's um they're the person so it's powered off strong emotions and who ha- the person with the strongest emotions in the area um just happens to be the the young girl who just watched her surrogate father figure die jerry gets kind of parasited and um yeah and the thing i don't get it was so funny to watch though like it's when she when she comes back home, like, no one really notices, oh or no God. one really says, what the hell's wrong? Like, she looks so... Has anyone ever seen The Exorcist? I mean, there's something not right yeah, with her. Yeah, there's... Once we get back to the real world, there are some really creepy, horror-esque scenes with Jerry, and yeah, like we were talking about, like she, no one comes to meet her, and I think Takato takes her home, and Jerry's home is perpetually, like, in darkness. It's a really interesting animation choice, and it's really really ups and makes it feel like jerry is not normal in this in this situation i think i think to be a dead tip off for these people when she tried to strangle her little brother i think uh, that would have been a yeah. point for me i would have said i just uh, i would have done something behind just just move on like it's like there's nothing which is i guess what i guess the father does and i guess the stepmom does too this, but i can't these aren't the parents of the year steve let's yeah. be honest yeah yeah well i think stepmom i I think she's trying. I think yes. she's trying her yes. hardest. I think the dad is more of the bad parent, in my opinion. But and I think I think even even his wife might is a little afraid of him the, at, the, at least early on, at least yeah. before he gets some development later on. But yeah, the real parent problem here is that they don't ask her what's wrong. They don't sit yeah. her down and talk to her. Obviously, yeah, and and that would deal with a lot of the problems here. But instead, Jerry is just left to kind of wallow. And just think about Leomon forever and sit in her room with her Digivice. And this is also when her sock puppet comes back. Mm-hmm. In the most creepy way ever. Because at this point, Jerry is replaced. Jerry is kidnapped, essentially, by the D-Reaper. And the D-Reaper replaces her with a weird clone thing of her. 
and the sock puppet becomes fused to the clone's hand, and it is super creepy. Did did were you kind were you really creeped out by that sock puppet thing too, Steve? Oh yes, yes. Oh, puppets always creep me out to begin with. So that only, that only helps. And uh, anyway, more weird up is later on when we see like that takes that weird little monster Jerry form, which was ooh, it still kind of yeah, get, creeps me out a bit. Like it, the way it grows into like a weird devil angel thing, like it is so creepy. Yeah, I, I, I'm getting Tamer's villain's point in terms of being scary and creepy and stuff. I'm just, I just don't think they have much of a personality. I thought that's their weak point. To yeah. me, a villain, I need some personality. That's why I, I really love my Otisman and even Karada from Savers in terms of give me some personality. But you know, this, the D Rivers are fine too. You know, yeah. but just my personal preference. Yeah, in in your in your defense, I think that's a fair argument. Like that that the D Reaper isn't really a character; it's a plot device. Oh, but, I could just imagine Dylan here saying, "Not a character." No, 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 no. But Dylan, in the, in this one situation, Dylan is right. Like this, <laughs> the D Reaper is not a character. Yeah. It is just a weird plot device. But it, ha- <laughs> but it, but it's cloning other characters, so it kinda has a character, but not really. It's really Jerry's character being twisted and projected on other things, which is really interesting to see, and uh, I, I like it a lot. But um, wait, so yeah. so now that we're it, at this point, Steve, you know what the character you remind me of? It just reminds me a bit of Humunculus from Fullmetal Alchemist in a weird way, like um, a father, pretty much. Oh, oh, father. I guess because yeah. cause it's like not really like it doesn't really have a human. Yeah. Thought. That's process. what I mean. That's what I mean. Yeah, I I can see that. I think yeah. I think father is a little more human than the D-Reaper, but I do get that Father is really weird, and so is so so is this weird red jello thing. Um, but now that we're at this point, Steve, where we kind of touched on all the really, the, we've touched on the plot points here. What the what the uh, what what Jerry is going through. What did you want to talk about most about Jerry? Because I know you wanted to talk about her. Well, I don't know. Never talk about. Oh yeah, I, like I said, I think I talked about like her relationship with her father, Leoman. Um. In terms of like her trauma, I don't know what else I could say. Um, I think we t- I touched everything we really want to talk about. Um, I, I did like I said how she has a big heart. Um, able to forgive Bidalzoman for what he did, and even at the end, you kind of uh, the last scene when she kind of says, "Bidalzoman, uh, are you okay?" or something. In yeah. terms of he finally like gets that forgiveness or. That, I thought that was well earned. Do you want to talk about Beelzemon then and his his arc? Yeah, okay, I guess talk a little bit of his arc. Yeah, um, interesting though. I, this is like first, like maybe only time you have a Digimon that has two partners. I mean, yeah, what up with that? I mean, really, I guess that's maybe a plot point or something. It, it was, it was, it was a plot point because they like tried, they were just getting really jealous and wanted to both be friends with him. It was, it was a very childish thing, but it was a very. You have a little, if this go by normal Digimon Life or everything else, that it would turn out eventually that really his partner is only one of them, really. Yeah. If I ever do a sequel, maybe they could address that. Then yeah. one person has to accept that. But the, okay, but that's not, that's off topic. That's all on the point there. But really, they're not much really involved in the story. It's really, Empmon is like one of the few Digimon really that's pretty much his partner. It's really just about him in terms yes. of the, this dynamic. So I, I thought that's a unique take and I kind of like that. And and you have this thing you see kind of I I think he had very good like rapport with uh, Kuluman and Renamon. I really like their dynamic. I think that's 
Kalamon in English. Kalamon? Okay, I, I, I'm just watching. I no, just no, no, watch no, no, no. I, I'm not trying to cut you off. Just keep talking. I, go ahead and keep yeah, talking. Yeah, I know, I know. Okay, Kalamon. <laughs> yeah, I, I just finished, like, watch 51 episodes. No, I, of that. I feel That's you. one of my characters whose names I sort of least remember, so I'm <laughs> sorry. But, yeah. But, yeah, I, I thought um, he, good art in terms of how he first gains powers the wrong way against evolution. And then in the end, when he when he gets that, um, when he kind of reconciles with his uh partners and you know he gets that toy ray gun and he gets that kiss from the girl and and then he goes off and then he finally evolves the good way yeah when he or digivolves if you want to go by the dub term yeah keep... when when he when he gets when he becomes blast mode it's actually very emotional like when any like but he gets the gun and then he grows the wings and it's just like the the wings coming out of his back is just such a payoff moment because you're like Impmon, you finally got there, you finally figured it out, you're 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 good now. And he goes flying off to help Jerry, and it was it was a I was very emotional for me. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah, and and also though it was sort of like a really bittersweet to watch of how he failed to save her. Oh my god. Yeah. And how it pretty much it was the guilt, pretty much, and it was sort of the the reverse and Jerry to push him away. And but the thing, one thing has going against it, no matter what, you're not the main character, so you can't save her anyway. So, but I mean, like, didn't he didn't he save her though? Because he he woke her up. He like got her to realize that she yeah. was she was lost in this dark place. Yeah, and, yeah, but and I, that was kind of half the battle with yeah, the D Reaper, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's that's good. That's a good point. Um, like Takato, Takato ended up saving her physically, but I think there's an argument for Beelzemon saving her spiritually, which is just as important in this in this finale. Yeah, yeah, yeah I see. That's a good point, and and I like oh how like before like he both goes into the battle against the D Reapers. He says uh he sees like on TV like what's going on. He says, oh I gotta go. My friends need me. In fact, that he acknowledges them as his friends was a big moment for him i it might i actually almost like was like you almost killed them last time you saw them at mod why do you think you're friends with them still like <laughs> like but 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 yes it, it's a it's a move in the right direction for him he's being nice he's helping people like i'll give it to him i'm, I'm okay with it yeah yeah like like i said though and normally like every series has that one character to start some antagonist and, and then turns of turns good Adventure Score had Garoman. Adventure Zero Two, of course, had uh, Ken, and yeah. Epmon fills that role here. But he does it in a much. I think I like his arc a little bit more. It was a lot more interesting to follow. Yeah, it's, it's less black and it's less black and white, more gray area here. Yeah, no, and that's obviously what I like more. When I'm watching TV, I like this gray stuff, and this is a surprisingly gray character in a show in a show that's not really known for gray morality. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so it was. This this was a very interesting choice for a finale for this show because it was not a normal Digimon finale. Like this is just a really dark season ended with pretty much the fight for a character's soul. Like this whole show, this whole finale is about saving Jerry. Like there's nothing more going on here. Like it's we have to save this girl who's suicidal and help her realize that we're here for her and. They and and at first when I when I describe it that way, it comes off as like, oh, they're gonna like convince someone to not commit suicide because there's friends are there. But like, it doesn't do that. 
it tries to do that. Characters try to do that because they're kids. The kids think they can just walk up to Jerry and be like, hey, we're here for you. It's going to be okay, and that's enough. But it's not because they constantly fail to convince her to be better. They constantly fail to help her be better. And at the end, it ends up being Jerry realizing that she needs to be better. She needs to help herself in some ways. And it's not true for everybody. It's not the right way. Like, everyone's head is different, but for Jerry, that was the thing she needed. What she needed was to realize that she can keep moving on. And her friends being there helped. But it was, in the end, her choice to make. And it was a very powerful thing to do. I liked it a lot. Yeah. And, you know, Jerry, you know, I like, like, I think one way to introduce the underrated, like, I love when these type of characters sort of interact yeah. in terms of opposites. It's sort of Jerry and Rika in terms of the one who's just more aggressively and the yeah. one who's sort of more passive, which is, why, which is what we saw a little bit with Sora and Mimi in the past, and which I also thought potentially could be something good with, uh, yeah, with the future, with, like, with Christy and Relina and Savers. Um, I like that type of dynamic and, and, um, and how, um, how Jerry, I guess, sort of helped Rika a bit in the, earlier in the series, get a little, be a little more friendly and stuff. And, you know, how, like, how everyone's trying to help Jerry here. And, um, like I said, though, it's really Jerry's the hero of her own story here. Yes. It's not Takato saving the no. day here, being his knight in shining armor or anything. I like that. And I, and I like how everyone's, like, flaunted. It's not, it's not simple of, you know, just, black and white here which i which i like and i'm not sure though if i if i really if i wanted like jerry's dad to be redeemed i don't know i thought maybe that's a little unrealistic but uh, it's a kid show it's it is a kid show but i think what i want to what i'm trying to get at here is that it's a kid show that treats its characters like kids it tells (laughs) kids that it's okay to not know what to feel it's okay to feel these things like a lot of times when you have kids in these tv shows like they're really well formed already. Like they're able to make decisions in ways that kids mm-hmm. just can't do. Yeah, and, and, and this yeah. show really shows that kids don't yeah. know what they're doing. Yeah, I know. And I say I love Jerry, though I still I really don't like her dad. Really, that guy just. I mean, you're my... supposed to not like him, Steve. Yeah, he, yeah. he's like the Jerry of. Uh, the, wow, I just realized that Steve really. I'm saying Jerry as in Jerry from Rick and Morty to be clear. Oh yeah, uh, I, I guess so. Yeah, <laughs> he, he's, he's he's just supposed to be unlikable. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Or the better comparison would be Weiss's dad. Yes, yeah, that, that's the actual better comparison without using the same spoken name. Um, it was just that was just the person that I went to first. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I, I like this end. And, and you touched on this. You touched on how Takato isn't the knight in shining armor, which is really great considering he literally is a knight in shining armor in this scene. <laughs> like, it's you're supposed to be like, oh, yeah, Takato's going to save the day. Takato's coming in, flying in. But the end, at the end, he wins in his, like, human state. Like, Takato talks to Jerry. Like, that's the final fight, really. Like, there is, like, a quote-unquote final fight, but the final battle, the final thing that happens, like, Takato is inside the D-Reaper as a human, and I think that's a really great choice story-wise for this show. Um, yeah. And I'm like I said, this one time though, I really think though the final battle is way better in Japanese in terms of the background music they had, the music score they had for that final fight was so great. You gotta check it out. The beginning of episode I 51. Might, yeah, I, I'll probably have to check that out because yeah, dude, do it's, you like, want... it's a great song like. <laughs> 
<laughs> I don't think that came across well, Steve. I'm sorry. Yeah, I don't think you. I'm sorry, but yeah, I'm not. I'm not a singer, man. I got a good impressionist of doing music songs. And um, before, like, also, um, talk about side characters. There are two very mysterious characters in this series. I want to touch on um, yeah. in terms of their origins, Ryu and Alice. Yes. I mean, Ryu because we saw a cameo by him in Adventure Zero Two. He's also. And, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, in Ken's backstory, we saw him there, and I'm like, is that a connection somehow? I who knows, man. <laughs> yeah, but and Alice, that the mysterious blonde girl that helps them out, she's obviously a ghost. Yes, that that was a weird. I think Alice might be my least favorite part of this entire show. Like, I don't understand why Alice is a ghost, but she is for some reason. But, but I do like the idea, though. They introduced the idea, though, a kid character actually died, so that makes it a little more darker. Yeah, and that's a unique concept. So at least I like that. Yeah, this show is dark. This dark show is really, it's, really. It's dark. funny though. Like, toy. This is the third season of Digimon. Very dark. Obviously, maybe the darkest season they did, and. And, and Toy Animation makes this. They also make Sailor Moon. In the third season of Sailor Moon, Sailor Moon S is the most darkest season of Sailor Moon. So what is it with threes? I mean, I don't know. Three. <laughs> I think that's a normal. I think three is tends to be like the third iteration of something tends to be one where like we got to get edgy. And this show doesn't get edgy, but it does get emotional. It does get darker, and mm-hmm. I like it. I like what where this show goes in the end. And um, I. I, I don't know if there's any more really to say. I think we taught we touched on a lot of stuff here, Steve. Was there anything else you okay. wanted to touch on? Oh, okay. Um, what do you think of the whole the um Kento and uh, Kazu's little episode they had when they when them and Rika went in that little adventure? I kind of thought that was kind of a nice comic relief moment, right there. I <laughs> I thought it was fine. Like I didn't I I don't remember having any like strong reactions to it. May but I I might it, it's kind of bad because I just watched it rewatched it. I, I kind of was just like I want us to get to the good plot stuff, you know what I mean? Which is a bad, which is a bad opinion to have, you know what I mean? While you're while you're rewatching a show, it's like I want to get to the stuff I really remember liking because I might like the stuff I'm watching now rewatching, you know what I mean? And so yeah. I think I, I think I was lost in that a little bit. Like I was like, oh, this is this is fun, but I want to get to Jerry. I want to get to Leomon dying and all the fun stuff. There. Oh yeah. Oh. And, and, and that and that was that was bad, you know what I mean? Watching it that way. Oh yeah. Well. Anyway, I, I, I just want to mention that because earlier in the podcast I we talked I teased that so I had yeah. to mention it now because I don't want to you know false advertisement. But other than yeah. that, um, is I more to say um, I do think though interesting to how you have you pretty much you have a lot of Digimon are very independent of their partners like yes. Impmon was able to do stuff on his own and same thing with Lopmon. I mean. I mean, you didn't see much of uh, Susie really being much of a tamer. No, but mm-hmm. I think it's I think it's true of all these tamers Digimon's. Like Geomon, Terriermon, and Renamon are all fully fleshed characters, and it's really fun to watch them interact. And they all have time alone away from their tamer because they have to go to school, and so Geomon is alone in a place by himself. Like he he does things, and it's interesting to watch. Um, yeah, yeah, and it's the first like really scene that really goes into like. Kids being kids in terms of their school lives, and really get a lot of focus on the parental characters, which you really don't see much of in the in the in adventures. I mean, we saw yeah. a little bit. I'm not saying they're not, not in it, especially with like Izzy. Yeah, they had but you know, this, this show really emphasizes that they're kids in school. Yeah, 
But um, also, you were talking about Kenta and Kazu at that episode. Was that the episode they kissed? Oh, uh, no, that's later on. Okay. But they kept that in the Double Gunai statue. No, 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 they I... didn't. They didn't. That's one of the few things I found they cut. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I don't know. I think it might have been. I know it's like, I remember we could sort of just like say, wake up, wake up, guys. Okay. And case and it kind of fall into Kenta or one or the other one, because I don't get them confused. <laughs> I don't know who's which. And they, and they accidentally kissed. Which yes. is very much, is it similar to something that was cut in the, in, in the original Naruto dub? No, that was in Na- the original Naruto dub. That was in it. No, not, not in the first one. And when they redid the unedited dub, they did it again. Oh, when it aired in Toonami, they cut that. Did they? No, I remember that. On t- I remember watching it on TV and seeing that. Or at least yeah. I thought I did. It might be a false memory. Yeah, but when they re-entered on Adult Swim, they had that. I'm talking oh, about maybe, maybe, I watched it on, maybe I watched it on Adult Swim the first time. Yeah. Or yeah, but yeah, so, but yeah, that was a funny little gag. But um, though at the same time, you know, we got it's I don't know if we could do that anymore because now we gotta take, you know, homosexuality, you know, same sex relationship more seriously. Um, I, I could just imagine though Dylan being like really irritated by that joke. Yeah, there's not <laughs> a lot of good. Like I think this is a good place to talk since we are we haven't t- touched on it at all that this show does not have a lot of good representation like in any way. They're yeah. they're all like I mean all the characters are Japanese but they for all intents well, and purposes they actually know um Henry's half half like, Chinese Chinese half yeah, Chinese so. but but for the sake of the show it it they're all very homogenous all the characters look very samey in this show mm-hmm yeah I guess one disadvantage about anime I don't know if it gets better uh, I guess in Frontiers there's one girl that's Italian so uh, I, I guess. I guess. Yeah, I, it's definitely not good with that, really, in terms of representation. And when they do, it sometimes can get a little over the top, like in the whole Adventures Zero Two World Tour. You remember that? I don't. When they went to like, all these different countries to get all these. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I remember now. Yeah, I know what you're talking yeah. about. They were like riding Imperial German all over the place. Yeah. Yeah, I'm like, oh, my God. This is, that does not age well. No, a lot of things in this show don't age well. But um, <laughs> anyways, uh, I, I think we've I think we've sufficiently talked about this topic, Steve, and it was really yeah. fun to talk about it. Okay, uh, yeah, it was, fun, it's super fun. Yeah, and maybe and hopefully um when when the try wraps wraps up, we can just do an overall review yeah. of try because it's that. definitely more current. Yeah, try, try I love a lot, and it's yeah. it has problems. It has some problems. Yeah. We can talk about that. Maybe we'll, we can get into more problems with try because try is a little more. I don't know, more modern, and so I can just kind of wrap my head around it a little better. This, but it's still supposed to take place in 2005. That drive, but I mean modern oh. in terms of like modern. Um, oh, it just remind me of something when I rewatched Tamers. It just sort of hit me just now in terms of it. Definitely weird watching a show now back then in which which people are so reliant on landlines. I mean, very yes. few cell phones. I'm like, that was just something else for me because I'm so used to that in the cartoons nowadays. Everyone has cell phones. Yeah, everyone. But no, but in this show, like, there are multiple times they just pick up a landline and I'm just like, oh, right, that's a thing. That's a yeah, thing and, now. Yeah, and like in trouble. Like, if we, we have to get in contact with Dakado and if he's not home, we're screwed. And nothing we can do. Yeah, and then there's also <laughs> the thing where um, the internet's really young in this show. Like, the internet's a very new idea still. Like, it was a new idea in, um, in Adventure, obviously. But in this mm-hmm. show, it's kind of a little more fully fledged as we know it today. Like, in 2001, you could Google things. And in this show, in this show, 
it kind of makes the internet into a real thing for once, and it's it's interesting. It's interesting the difference the way they handle the digital world in this show and the previous one. Yeah. Um. Yeah, you really like. I don't know if you want to check out any more like modern like recent Digimon and see how they handle technology. You should really ch- check that out and see how it differs. Yeah. No, it's probably an interesting thing to look at. One, if I can recommend series. Um, oh yeah, sure. Digimon Cross Wars is very good. At least the first two arcs, first fifty-four episodes. The last 25 Young Hunters, I kind of would say Ray Foam is not that good. Though the last four episodes has some, has some fan service. I'm just saying, I mean, I don't want to spoil it, but they have a nice little surprise for old school Digimon fans. Okay. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, and, I, I'm only talking about Savers. I kind Savers was a guilty pleasure of mine. Um, I just like some of the characters, though the weak link is the main character. I can't stand him, but he's all the su- He's got that as to punch Digimon for that, for it, right? Yeah. Yeah, he just gets, he gets on my nerve, but I'm the one who, that's one series when I'm really, actually most Digimon series, I'm mostly on the rival side. Like, they had the better point. Like, most of the time, I've always been on Matt's side compared to Ty's side. Yeah. And, so, I don't know, why is that? Why is that? I don't know. <laughs> but, um, it's interesting. But thanks for the Rex. I, I definitely should, I, I like Digimon, so I definitely should go and look at that. I, I should see how the technology changes, because I watched through Frontier. And Frontier doesn't really touch on that a lot because they're always in the digital world for that mm-hmm. show. But um, yeah, oh yeah, and um, and the and the and the Cross Wars dub, uh, which is it called in Japan here, and it's called uh, Digimon Fusion. They have a lot of the old voice actors back. Um, let's see. Um, um, you got the voice of Sora. Um, Colonial Sullivan's in that, and so is the voice of Rika. Um, Melissa Fawn, and also. Vic Manana's in that. Oh yeah, yeah. He, so yeah, you gotta check that out at least for the dub for the okay. cast. And okay. These are some big time players. Yeah, you do. Oh, <laughs> uh, but this was fun, Steve. I'm glad we got a chance to talk about Tamers. I like Tamers okay. a lot. I like it a lot. And so, uh, yeah. Um, I do want to can I, can I plug? Yeah, no, what you I want can to plug your thing. I'll, I'll pull up my okay. stuff and you you plug. Okay. Can, all right. Because we talk about anime here all the time here in OVA. And coming soon, um, me, Beatrice, Mariah, and Michelle Andrews, we're going to cover Sailor Moon S, similar to how we discussed Tamers here. So look for that in the near future, probably that- after, probably in 2018, because, you know, holiday season, we're kind of busy. Who, who's hosting that? Oh, Beatrice. Yeah, Beatrice, Beatrice. Beatrice will host a fun conversation there then. She knows. <laughs> She's a lot better at hosting than me. I'm still uh. Oh, I get did it. Fun job no, here. no, no. I, I, I'm still this. I, I'm still learning a little bit. I haven't hosted a lot. This is my first time hosting in months. Yeah. Anyways. Well, I'm not, yeah, I'm not. Well, just like I'm not really good with doing these articles. <laughs> I, I stick in my grammar. I just type. The thing problem with me is, I I think faster than I type. No, so I, I feel that. Yeah. I talk faster than I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's my problem. I I'll just start saying things and my brain will go uh. My brain will be like, stop, stop talking. I need to think a little <laughs> bit. Uh, anyways, so uh, you can find out everything about this podcast at OverlyAnimated.com. Again, join us on Discord, like we've been mentioning this whole time. Like, Discord's a lot of fun. We talk about anime here. We talk about all our shows. It's a lot of fun. Join us over there at OverlyAnimated.com slash Discord to get a link to it. And uh, you can support us via Patreon at Patreon.com slash OverlyAnimated. Thanks to, thanks to all our current patrons, especially our patron of the podcast, Sagatorez. Thank you very much. And uh, also thank you to all our executive producers, John, Ryan, Steve, Alex, and Hugh. 
Hey, um, you got yourself. I, I wasn't listing myself, Steve, because it felt weird to say my own name, okay? <laughs> well, Alex always says yours truly, but... It's fine. It's our, we've already, I'm, not, I'm not cutting this. This is fine. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Anyways, thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.